What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Rod Powell. We had an incredible conversation about fatherhood. He shares his dad principle about teaching his kids discipline, accountability, and determination. And he shares a proverb that he lives his life by, teaching his kids to have roots and values and character, and then preparing to send them off into the world, giving them wings. So we talk about roots and wings and the value of both of those as we are fathers and guides to our children. Enjoy meeting my friend, Rod. What's up, friends? Quick note, we had some sound technical issues, so please stick with us as you hear a little bit of clicking throughout because this is an incredible conversation with my friend, Rod. Enjoy. All right, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. As always, smiling ear to ear, getting ready to meet a new friend and talk fatherhood. Rod, how are you? I'm good, Ned. Thank you for having me, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, I know. To carve out some time just to talk fatherhood, one of the most important things uh, in our lives and probably one of the most important things we'll do uh, is just such a treat to get to pause from uh, our industry. We're both in insurance, so that's how we were connected. And, yes. and you're out on the East Coast and uh, I'm sitting here in Hawaii. So we're at very different times of the day and <laughs> we're just taking a little break to talk fatherhood. Yeah, man. No, it, it it certainly is um is an exciting topic. I know when when we connected, we had you know started on the insurance path, and then uh you know we started to talk about you know children and and families, mm-hmm. and that kind of bridged mm-hmm. into this conversation. So I'm I'm really excited. I you know I enjoyed you know your book and the insights that you shared there, and uh, I have enjoyed you know episodes of of the podcast. So uh, you know look looking forward to you know sharing my experiences and you know, continuing to learn from others as well. Yeah, I love it. And you know, that's really the the whole idea behind it is I don't have it figured out. You're not going to say you have it figured out, but this conversation for fathers to really just open up and share who they are and their insights so that we could grow from each other because there's kind of this, le- there's less of this tribe, you know, we don't live in a village where we're all vibing off of each other to the same extent. We kind of put our best foot forward out there on, you know, right. social media, but to be a little bit vulnerable in, in an hour conversation is such a cool way for us to really connect as men and as fathers. Yeah. So just to l- learn a little bit more about you. So listeners know where exactly you live out on the East coast. Yeah, I, I am in uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, okay. about, about two hours South of DC, you know, as a, as a point of reference you know, for, uh, you know, folks who, who are familiar. Um, actually, a native of, of Richmond, Virginia. I've lived in a, a few other cities, lived in Chicago for a couple of years, I actually lived in, in Maryland uh, for a couple of years as well. Both of those being, you know, business related, but uh, born and reared in, in central Virginia. All right. And then how old are you today? I am 42 years of age. At, 42? At yes. And how many years you've been married? Um, you know what? This this marriage, we can we can talk about that, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, 
I will be celebrating, you know, one year uh, okay. of marriage to my wife next month in November. Yes. Dude, that's rad. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and then how many kiddos do you, t- the two of you have? We have four uh, together. We have a, have a blended family. So I have uh, three biological sons and uh, she has, you know, one bonus, you know, that she brought to the table and uh, you know, he, I embrace him as one of my own and you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a big so. happy clan. Yeah. yeah. And then what's the, um, the age. So youngest to oldest. Yeah. So, so the oldest is 19. Okay. You know, so I, I, I know I look young, but you know, I'm not that young. <laughs> and, um, Otis is 19. Uh, then we have, you know, print, his name is Gerard Jr. We call him JP. And uh, then we have Prince who will be 12 next week. Uh, we have AJ who is 11 and then we have Noble who is the youngest and he's 10. Cool. Okay. Noble. I dig that name. Love it. Uh, yeah. So you got one who's about to be out of the house or kind of in this new stage of life. And yeah. then three <laughs> that are all middle school boys. I yep. mean, there's no rest at your house. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's exciting. Um, especially, you know, over the past, you know, 18 months because, mm. you know, with, with virtual transitions, you know, they've been home. Um, but I've been appreciative of, of being able to have that, that extra time, you know, uh, early in my career, as you know, being in this business, you know, sometimes you can spend a lot of time, you know, traveling mm. on the road prior to getting into the insurance industry. I was in the entertainment industry and I spent a lot of time traveling as well. Um, so I, I've been really appreciative of, of the opportunity just to, to spend as much time with them as possible. Yeah. Love it. Cool, man. Um, and then we kind of already talked about what you do, but maybe just 30 seconds. What do you do for a living? Yeah. Th- so I, I am a, um, uh, vice president for an enrollment and technology firm. Um, the, the firm is based out of Overland Park, Kansas, Merrill Life Benefits, Benefits Direct. And, um, essentially I'm an employee benefits consultant. I work with brokers and, you know, help them to find ways to implement, you know, their benefit programs uh, more efficiently. And, uh, you know, that that's that's my day to day, you know, and, and you know, insurance guy by day, father by night. And that's by day right. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Every second. Um, as you, you know, have been a father f- through a few stages, what have been some of the best resources for you, um, whether that be books, you know, people, mentors, uh what have been some good resources for you, man? You know, it, it's been a combination of of all of those things, but I, I think the the biggest thing, you know, would would really be um, looking at at other fathers, you know, looking at other men who who I admire, and um, not just looking at them, but but looking at their adult children, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm seeing how their adult children have turned out, and and then kind of say, okay, well, well, what can I do that's that's similar, but, but not the same. Cause we have to, you know, uh, adjust based on our children's personalities and, and where right. they are as well. Right. Because you don't want to, want to push them into directions that, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't natural for them. Not to say not uncomfortable because we want them to get a little bit uncomfortable because that's how they grow. But, but we want to, we want to guide them according to, you know, to, to, to their temperament and their personality and how they're going to express. So I would say, you know, looking at, at other, other men as mentors, uh, elders, and, um, also, you know, just my own experience growing up, you know, my mm. father, I had a, a great deal of respect, you know, for my father. Um, he was, he was very, you know, a sh- strong, you know, alpha male, uh, an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, and, um, 
with all of those things, you know, we didn't really have a really close relationship hmm. uh, when I was growing up, you know, hit, hit, uh, my mother and, and, and he divorced when I was uh, three years old and, you know, there would be, be years, you know, where we wouldn't, wouldn't see each other, you know, hmm. uh, she did remarry and uh, my, my stepdad was around. They met when I was 10, they got married when I was 13, they'd been together almost 30 years at this point. And, and he's a great guy as well. Um, but looking at, at my own father, I saw all of his positive attributes. I, I saw them, you know, oftentimes from afar. And, you know, I always, you know, thought about how I would want to approach, you know, my children when that time came. It's like I would want to have some of those same attributes. And I, I gained mm-hmm. much more appreciation for him later in life as I became an adult and we got closer yeah. Um, he actually, you know, passed away, he transitioned last year. And, uh, mm. it's, it's crazy because when everything shut down and, and everything was quiet, I found myself and my siblings as well, like going to his house, like almost every day, like we were over his house almost every day cooking out. And then he ended up dying in August, you know? So the whole wow. summer we pretty much spent together and then he died, died in August, kind of all of a sudden. So, uh, I, I looked at, you know, the model, um, that, I wanted to be based on uh, for what he wasn't, you know, but what I thought he could have uh, 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 offered had I had I got to spend you know more time with him, you know, as a child and and really wanted to uh, really wanted to 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 in some cases do the opposite of what I experienced <laughs> growing up, and, right. and in other cases, you know, uh, uh, model myself after. So, you know, sometimes we, we kind of, um, mimic what our fathers did. So you sounds like you've taken, uh, a lot of the positive of, of who he was, but then that some of that absentee wasn't an option for you. Why, why that difference? Um, you know, I feel like, you know, fatherhood is, is one of those things that's, that's non-negotiable. Um, family, in my opinion, is, is an, is an institution and it's something that one has to be held sacred. It's something that is very, very important. And, and mm-hmm. I mentioned, you know, Hey, you know, I've been married a, a year, uh, to, to my wife, but this is my third marriage, you know, just in all transparency. And it's, and it's interesting because my father was also married three times. And uh, he was married. My oldest brother, um, who I would say is probably the most like my father in personality. Uh, then you have have me in the middle and he was married to my mother. Uh, and, I, and then you have my younger brother and my younger sisters. And um, they are they are more expressive of, of him once he in and of himself decided that, you know, family was going to be his his primary focus. So I always found myself kind of right in the, right in the middle of that. Um, a, a part of, a part of my wanting to truly be there every single day is, is, is in large portion, you know, kind of the expectation that, that my mother set for me, you know, mm. growing up, you know, she was always there for me. And, and, and I knew, uh, as a, as a young man that, that when I had a child, you know, I wanted to make sure that, that I would be there as well. And you know what? Look, this has been a continuous process of, of evolution over time, right? Because we all do the best that we can with what yep. we know 
in that moment. So when I was a young father, my 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 19 year old was born when I was 21, you know. So yeah, yeah, as yeah. a 21 year old guy who is thinking that he's about to, to make it big in the music industry, I, I signed a recording contract. I thought I was about to take off. You know, was was my priority necessarily being there every single night? No, it wasn't. It was, look, I'm going out here. I'm doing my thing. And look, at, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for you. But I still wasn't there all the time. You know, I, I spent right. a lot of time on the road. And um, as as he got older and uh, particularly when when, you know, Prince was born, uh, I said, look, you know, I, I, I've got to I've got to make a make a change. You know, I, I need to make sure that that I'm there, you know, every day or as many days as possible and watching them grow up. Because what would happen with my oldest son is when he was six years old, um, I moved to Chicago and I would come back and see him. You know, I come back once a month to see him. And and at the time, you know, I, I could even feel I'm like, yo, this isn't enough because every time mm. I come back, he's a little bit bigger, you know, mm-hmm. and he's, a little, he's doing a little bit more. And I realized that even in our connection, whereas we were close and I'm dad, you know, I'm not there every day to be the guiding influence for him. And, right. and, and I appreciate he's he's grown up to be an, an amazing you know young man. And, and we have a, a phenomenal uh, we have a phenomenal just bond, you know, now uh, as well. But like I said, you know, it, when Prince was born, I said, man, you know, I, I can't I can't maintain, you know, that same type of, of schedule. And and by the time Noble was born, I was it was it was a definite that mm. uh, like I, I got to be there, you know, every single day as much as possible. And and I will. That's that's, you know, my primary purpose and mission I, I, is, is to be there for them. You know, that, that was it. So you made this shift. So uh, mm-hmm. third son is born and you're realizing that I'm not there as much as I want to be. And so you make this shift. Was there some kind of moment or some kind of trigger or something that did that? Or or was it just this compounding evolution of this isn't exactly what I want my life to look like? I, I think it's a I wouldn't say it's like one singular moment, but it is a, yeah. a, a shift in a shift in priorities and a, and a shift in focus. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think once mm-hmm. we, you know, start to. Um, once we start to evolve, you know, from, from boys, you know, to men, I mean, th- there are scientific studies that show that the human brain doesn't even finish being developed until 28. So, you know, I'm a young, young guy, you know, still having young guy thoughts and, and aspirations and, and movements, yeah. uh, still trying to kind of, kind of face the duality that, you know, I have this greater responsibility and, and I was there of course, financially, but I wasn't always there, there physically present when he was, when he was younger. So um, by the time we got to, uh, I would say really Prince, uh, but definitely, definitely by the time we got to Noble, uh, but by the time I got to Prince, I said, look, you know, I want to model something that I want them, you know, to, to implement, to, I'm sorry, to emulate as they grow into manhood. And I want them mm-hmm. to know that it's important to, to be a father who's going to be there continuously, you know, for your children. Uh, no matter what the situation, whether, you know, their mother and I was together, whether, you know, and that's a, a story with, with Prince. It was it was reading. It was, you know, spiritual development. It was a, a ton of things that that all kind of amalgamated together, you know, to uh, to create a mindset that said, look, you know, this is this is the only way. Yeah, yeah. When was there a shift? And, and I got some more questions, but when was there a shift where your dad became you and him had more of a bond? Like at what point did that change? Because it sounds like, you know, I don't know, was it just last year or was there something that happened or a season of life where 
your relationship with him changed? You know what? As I became a man and my experiences with uh, JP, my oldest son, that's where I really started to find a new, I would say, even appreciation from my dad because I started to see mm. his humanity. Um, when you mm. look at your parents as a child, you see them as, you know, kind of superheroes, immortal, whatever it, it may be, but you don't necessarily see them as, as people. And mm -hmm. um, as I became a man and I started to experience, you know, my own, you know, life's journey, challenges and, and occurrences, I was like, man, you know what? He was experiencing the same thing, you know, and, and what's always, you know, in your heart isn't isn't always what is reflective, you know, in, in your actions. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, life is messy. So you start to see yeah. your, your you start to s experience your own struggle of life and see that uh, it's tough. You know, on one hand you say there is no, you know, there's families are non-negotiable fatherhood's right. a non-negotiable, but there's also the flip side of that where life is messy. So it's like, as you get older, you start to understand or have at least some, some respect or understanding of, of people's decisions in life. Um, but interesting, you know, that, that you and him were able to re, Regroup. Another thing you you made a comment, and I just want to dig into this because it's a word that's interesting to me. Is you said your dad was an alpha male, and, yeah. and what do you what do you mean by that? Because I think we all strive to be be a man, but yeah. we also want to be vulnerable with our families. And I think sometimes the alpha males don't know how to do the other. Yeah, but I want to be both, which is yeah. a life's journey. So when you say alpha male, what are those pieces that you took for him that you're like? man, strong alpha male. And I'm taking those pieces from, from what I saw. He was, he was, you know, very strong in his emotional intelligence, <laughs> right? Mm. Um, now that could be, you know, that can be a positive, but as it pertains to your children, you're, you're right. You know, he, he was not inclined to show, you know, a large degree of vulnerability at mm. all. Uh, even when things were, were rough for him, you know, he, he did not express that. I mean, look, when, when my dad, when he died, we, when he said he wasn't feeling well, we thought he was joking because he never not mm. felt well, you know, like he was, yeah. he was you know, it, it, I mean, we knew that he didn't feel well, but we not to the degree that it actually was. I mean, all the way to the point where he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, all along, you know, this, this, this guy is, is, you know, one day he's up in his garden the next day, you know, he's, he's laying down. He's like, well, I'm, I'm not moving. And, you know, by the time he get, he he gets to the hospital, calls the ambulance. You know, it's too late because he's, you know, in the middle of 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 congestive, you know, heart failure, and he's having a heart attack right then. And and for him, it's like, no, I'll get over it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the kind of kind of man that that he was, right? Um, he wasn't the type to, you know, say. Hey, you know, son, I love you. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I hear those cliches like in in films and, and TV and things, but he really was not that that kind of guy. Now, maybe he may have been like that with with my sisters, you know, but uh, he he wasn't like that with me, and he certainly wasn't like that with my older brother. Mm -hmm. um, and my younger brother, I don't think he was like that with him either. So he he was the kind of guy that said, "Look, man, you you got to learn to be hard in this world." I mean, the reality mm -hmm. is, you know, he raised us to be. Um, uh, or, or, you know, my experience with him, I wasn't with him day to day, but he always, you know, instilled a, a very strong sense of, of self-awareness, self-confidence, self-confidence, a, a high self-image, uh, really understanding, you know, your value, 
uh, in the world and, and what you have to contribute. So from those aspects, you know, he was always given the right thing. But from a vulnerability standpoint, that's not really what he showed. I, I would say any degree of sensitivity, you know, that I express even towards my children was was really coming from, you know, my mother. Got it. So now you so so you because kind of day to day was with your mom and she was probably more, you know, lovey dovey as a mother you've been able to take that into there's no you don't have these like barriers for yourself to say i love you to your kids not at all no not at all every every day you know i'm hugging you know noble my youngest you know he comes into my office when when i'm working from home he comes into the office at least three or four times throughout the course of the day every time he's taking a break because he's a virtual right now every time he's taking a break he's coming here to give me a hug Right. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next hour he comes in at some point, you know, and stands at the door. like I'm here. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Just to come, just to come, come give a hug. And, and, and every night, you know, I'm, I'm, that was one of the things about wanting to, to really, really show up and, and, and be present with them is, you know, I wanted to be there every night to tuck them in, tell them I love them before they go to bed. So they so they know that, you know, be able to, you know, ask them about about their day or what they feel in or, you know, you know, what's, what's happening with them, you know, being, being able to really, you know, hear what, what's on their mind and to, to share any, any thoughts that I might have that, that might be able to help them in that. Yeah, man. I love that. You know, my next question, which we've already heard a few things is what have you learned about yourself in becoming a father and through some of the transitions of fatherhood? And you've shared some things now, but when I ask that question, what have you learned about yourself? Is there anything else that kind of resonates with you, um, of what you, what you've learned in being a father? Um, you know, fatherhood is a, is a continuous, you know, learning process. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, what I knew about fatherhood when, you know, my children were, were infants is, is different than what I know about fatherhood, uh, now, you know, as they're preteen, yeah. preteen years. And, and certainly what I know about fatherhood with them as, as preteens is completely different than what I'm experiencing with, you know, my eldest son, uh, you know, as a, as a young man, you know, there's, what I've learned is that there's, there's different stages of fatherhood and you have to have to adjust, adjust to that accordingly. Um, I've also learned how to, how I would say how to be more receptive to the learning that I would get from them. Right. Because Mm. what I'm seeing in them is really a, a mirror of whatever it is I'm giving them, whatever I'm giving them, they're, they're giving it, giving it back. Right. Um, being more accountable uh, is something that I've learned in my fatherhood journey because they're not listening to what I'm saying to them. They're watching what I'm doing. They're watching the conversations that I have, you know, how I interact with people. And those are, you know, the traits that they're going to pick up and, you know, take, take with them as, as they grow into men as well. And if they don't pick up those traits, you know, as part of their, their dominant personality, those will be in their subconscious uh, so they mm. have that idea of, oh, well, this is how, you know, th- this is what my dad showed me, you know, how, how to look someone in the eye, how to, you know, shake someone's hand or, or how to smile even, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. just you know, small things, how to, you know, introduce yourself. So um, it, it's a continuous, continuous process of learning. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, when I, you know, talk to other fathers, I'm like, look, that's one of the joys. One of the joys is, is learning because you're learning yourself as you're learning, learning them because they change. They're their own people. They're their own people. You know, I love that. Um, when you think about the role of the father, how would you define that in like 60 seconds or so? What would you say the role of the father is? 
I'll sum, I'll sum it up with with a little acronym that I came up with uh, a, a long time ago called called the Dad Principle, right? And and mm. that's discipline, accountability, and determination. So the father's role, I feel, is to to instill you know that discipline, um, to hold them accountable, and to teach them you know to to be determined, you know, in whatever they want to do. I love that. Disciplined, accountable, and determined. Yeah, discipline, discipline, accountability, and determination. You know, mm. so so back when, uh, back when Noble was born, I started to think about that. I was like, look, I'm gonna call this the dad principle: discipline, accountability, and determination. You know, that's that's what we have to instill in these. Man, I love that. Another thing you said before we started recording was you talked about roots and wings. Tell yes. me about that. Yeah. So so there's a. Um, you know, a proverb, you know, uh, for children. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, with, with the reason that that DAD, you know, is, is important is because there's a Sudanese proverb that, you know, we have two things that we wish to bequeath to our children. The first mm-hmm. is roots. The other is wings. Right. So the roots are what you're going to instill in them, you know, while they're young, uh, the values, the character, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ethics and you know those wings are are those what they're going to use to to fly with right the, the, those wings are are they're going to take those things that they've been rooted with and then they're going to use them to continue to 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 flourish in their own life and, and 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 as an additive to that i'll say look in whatever ways that that we as fathers you know can support them in that progression right like it's look i'm yeah. not going to do it as a dad my my philosophy is this i'm not going to do it for you right but if I see you yeah. need some help, if I if I see you need help and you're trying, you're giving you're giving your best, and there's a way for me to help you, I'm certainly going to to, to help you and give you a leg up so that you can continue to to grow and, and outperform me. You know, my my mm. my oldest, I'm so proud of him because the things that that I started to learn about and read about with, with personal development and professional development, all the the Robert Kiyosaki's and the John C. Maxwell's and the Patrick Bet Davids and and all of these all of these resources that are out there that you can you know access either in books or in YouTube you know those things you know in my latter twenties is is when I really started paying attention to those types of things and and for mm-hmm. him he's nineteen years old and, and he's reading he's reading those books you know he's he's into his forex and his crypto and you know doing his little Dogecoin stuff and and all of that and and I'm just so proud because he's just so much further ahead than I was at his age, even though I thought I was way far ahead at that, that age, but he's like way further ahead. And uh, I think that's really what it's all about, man. Set, setting them up so that they can surpass whatever it is that you accomplish. See, that's really cool. I mean, I think some of us may still, I hate to say it, not do better than our kids, but we're threatened by anybody who progresses past us. When we're talking about our children, like, I love hearing that. Like, I want to build a foundation for my kids, like stand on my shoulders and do not, I mean, just do anything that they want to do and set them up for success. That's it. Um, man, I love that. So that's, that's really cool that he's at that stage and he has this growth mindset, which I'm sure he learned a lot from, from seeing the choices that you've made. Well, you know, what's interesting is that, um, you know, he, he never really e- expressed that early on, like throughout his teens, his teenage years. Um, but recently in the past couple of years, he has actually said that to me. You know, mm. he told me one time 
um, because as he got older, I, I started to invite him, invite him to to different functions. And, you know, in this business, sometimes you have team meetings and things. So I would have him just kind of tag along and observe and see what's happening. I remember I remember taking him to a to a meeting out in, in Roanoke, Virginia, which is southwest Virginia in the mountains. And, um, you know, at the time he was about 10 years old. He sat in the back of that meeting taking notes the entire time. Wow, I'm like, well, that's you know, cool. You just take, and, and it's like, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, man, well, what is he taking notes about? He's not going to do that. But he he was just, you know, taking notes and, and participating with the meeting just like he was a part of it. And he went up and was introducing himself. The organization I was working with, the president of that organization was there and he's going up, hey, how you doing? And, you know, and- uh, That's and, and awesome. That, you know, so, so seeing him, do that is it, 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 it warms my heart. And he actually yeah. said to me, you know, um, about a year ago, he said, dad, you know, you're man. He said, uh, dad, you know, you, you're the best leader I've ever seen. And, and that mm. man, that's, oh man, that shut me down, you know, to hear what him. else is there. Yeah. What yeah. else is there? <laughs> Dude, you're like all those hard decisions after hard decisions, after hard decisions, after hard decisions, paying off for this one moment to hear these mm-hmm. words from my teenage son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, so thanks for, for sharing that teenagers, team. man, look, they, they may not open up, you know, when you think, but, uh, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely watching. They're definitely paying attention. They're definitely, definitely, uh, observing. Yeah. Sure. No doubt. No doubt. Love it. All right. So this podcast is fatherhood field notes and you're already yeah. doing it right just opening up your life sharing your wisdom sharing your stories the mantra behind it is rebel and create and yeah. uh you said you read the book rebel and create so thanks so much that's that's awesome but Great rebel book, and create thank you bro so rebel and create it could be applied to something as small as i'm rebelling against leaving the house at 6 a.m so that i can kiss my kids goodbye at 7 a.m so that i can create that memory too. I'm rebelling against, you know, what the world says a father is and create, you know, a, a better uh, outlook for fatherhood. So when you hear those words rebel and create, what's something you're rebelling against? And then what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Hey, look, you know, one of the the big things for me, you know, particularly as a, as a, as a black man uh, in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes, you know, around, you know, our involvement with fatherhood and shoot, you know, my dad may have, you know, fell into, fallen into some of those stereotypes at certain points. Um, you know, I might've fallen into some of those stereotypes at, at, at certain points, but I think that, you know, with those, mm-hmm. with those uh, stereotypes, we, for me, I, I, I rebel against, I rebel against that. Uh, in, in fact, um, I would say that, uh, even in my own experience of not being there uh, from uh, with my son every single day, you know, I still, you know, made sure that that I was involved, and I and I see that with a lot of a lot of other black men too. But but there's a there is a narrative that says, hey, you know, black black men uh, statistically don't aren't involved or, or absentee, you know, as it pertains to to their father. So a part of my drive, you know, you ask, asked earlier about, hey, you know, what was the kind of the moment or a catalyst? You know, a part of my drive is just to dis- dispel that because I, I you know, I, I pride myself in, you know, being a, a, a great dad. You know, I was, I was a single dad for a time. I have, you know, full custody of my younger sons. And, um, you know, that's something th- that I don't don't take take lightly. And, and it's not just me because I know a bunch of other you know, black men who are also the same way w- with their families as well. And the thing is, even if you don't grow up 
in that environment, you know, you have we before the camera, I think we talked about choices. You, you have the choice uh, in, in, in whatever you want to do and whatever your your approach is, is going to be just just to share a statistic on that. There's so 70. I, I read this recently. 70 percent of there were 70 percent of, of, of single parents. And uh, there were it was a, it was a mixture of, of, of white, Latino and um, African-American mothers uh, in this in this study. And what they found as it pertains to the, to the black fathers is not that they weren't necessarily absent. They just weren't married. Right. So I think that's another mm. part of another part of the conversation. Right. Like the fathers, you know, may be involved. They may be involved financially. They may share custody. They may be around, but maybe they're not married uh, to the mother. So I, I think that's also a part of, you know, what I rebel against. Um, I, I can look, I've been married three times, as I said earlier, you know, I consider myself a winner. You know, you, you, you can't win unless you keep trying. Right. So I, I, I've tried, you know, this is, this is the third and last, I, man, my wife is so amazing. I love her. She's mm, I, love it. I think every experience I've been through has kind of set me up, you know, for, for our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our, our, if you met our family, you, you wouldn't know it. You would think that, you know, hey, we've been like this for for decades. But um, I think that's a part of that's a part of it, too, man. Just rebelling against that. You know, it, it's rebelling against it's it's rebelling against the notion that, you know, that family unit, that family structure is no longer important, especially in, in this age. Yeah. Uh, when family when the concept of, of family and that core nucleus is is is. Is, is disrupted, you know, by a lot of the narratives that are out there and, and, you know, to, to each his own, you know, for every person. But for, for, for me in our family, it's important for me to be an example. Um, so my sons can, you know, take the example that they see and, and, and duplicate that with, you know, their families and, and the way and, and that, that they are going to, and, and for their children to continue to carry that on, that on as well. You know, so yeah, so yeah I rebel against that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot there. And a couple of things that you said, you said clearly what you're rebelling against, right. Is, is that because I'm a black father, this is what my outcome will look like. But then also going, there's moments where my father probably fit that stereotype. There's moments where I probably fit that stereotype. And I think that acknowledgement is the true, testament to a life of rebellion for a greater cause, like the life of rebellion to go, I'm always going to strive. I'm always going to grow because there's something different. You know, it's like to have this perspective and and you can't really point to a time where you, you, you could fault yourself for, for making a mistake and not living, you know, but the reality is, is it's honest and vulnerable to say, we are all on a journey of life. There yeah. are stereotypes out there because of mistakes people have made. But unfortunately, those stereotypes end up giving people an excuse to not try whatever it is, right? But you're going, hey, life is just messy. We always have to rebel against the status quo. We're all going to find ourselves living the status quo. Now, you can wear the label of stereotype, whatever the stereotypical label is, and just have an excuse to not show up. Or you could freaking rebel because the reality is, is we're all going to be shitty dads and husbands and people at times. But the reality is, is when we find ourselves acting that way, what do we do? What does the next day look like? And what I love from what I hear from you is, is like, hey, I, yeah, I'm gonna say that I've. This is my third marriage, and you might have some. Oh, this is what I think about that statement, but 
we have to stop doing that to each other, right? About whatever it is, whether it's the color of our skin or the choices we've made in our life, we have to stop saying as soon as somebody says, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican, I go to this church, I do this, I do that. We, we put this label of like, well, this is who you are. And man, that's not fair to us or to other people. Like we're all human no. beings living in a messy ass world and we have to have grace for each other. Just like, you know, like you made a great statement. It's like, I had all these feelings towards my dad growing up and then I lived a little bit and I was like, okay, <laughs> people have stories. And I'll tell you for myself, I'm really learning how to not be judgmental of just Whatever the judgment comes from me being judgment of myself and my own insecurities. But I'd say the last 24 months has been a huge of me growing in that. Yeah. And I think the ultimate trick to not being judgmental is to pausing and go, Hey, this person well, first to acknowledge that it's about my own insecurity. And then two, to go, this person that I'm placing my insecurities on through judgment has a story. And That's I haven't right. taken the time to listen to that story or acknowledge that story. Cause I'd feel a whole lot different about their choices. If I, it doesn't mean I got to agree with them, but I'd have empathy for it if I were to listen, you know? That's right. That's right, man. That's right. Whew, you, you, dude, I love you it. I heard that, um, that, that quote, um, the, the best time to plant a seed was, you know, 20 years ago. The second best time is, is right. Is today. Today. You know, that's right. Yeah. The same thing, same, same thing applies with the choices that we make in our life, you know, fatherhood included. So, you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that um, I appreciated even, you know, in your book and, and some of the other interviews that you've had is, you know, people acknowledging that, look, you know, don't try, you don't have to try to measure up to what mm-hmm. someone else is, is doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to do the best that, that you can do based on what, what you have, you know, to work with. When I think about, you know, my dad, look, he was doing the best that he could based on what he had to work with right. at that time. These things don't start with us. They start generations and generations and generations back. Right. So our responsibility, right. What we're being held accountable to is to continue to to get better, right. To get better at, at each stage. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to have it all, have it all figured out you know, in, in one moment. So look, am, am I going to drop the ball and, 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 and miss, miss the bucket a few times with, with my boys right now? Absolutely. You know, but I hope that they fill in, you know, those blanks that, that they observe and they acknowledge. Cause for me, I might be think I'm doing, I might think I'm doing a fantastic job as a dad. And then as they get older and, and they become men, they, they're going to think, man, I wish my dad had did this. I wish my mm-hmm, dad had did mm-hmm. this. And then those are things that they can apply you know, to, to their families um, at the time. There's a there's there's a, a, a book. I know, you know, some of the preliminary questions were were, were about, you know, books. Um, th- there's a book called uh, Visions for Black Men. This is an instrumental book for me. This mm. is a very instrumental book for me. It's called Visions for Black Men. It's by Dr. Naeem Akbar. And in that book, it talks about manhood, right? And what that really means. And and much of that is about family. Much of it is about fatherhood. It is from a, a black man's perspective as well. And it says, you know, there, there are really three stages of, of manhood, right? The first is just being a male, right? So you, you, when you're born, you're, you're a male, mm-hmm. right? If you're a male, you know, the only thing you're worried about is, you know, just, just carnal needs and desires, right? It's you're, you're eating, you know, 
if, if you're older and you're still manifesting in that male mindset, you know, you might be focused, you know, just on sexual relief, whatever it may be. You're, you're a male at that point. The next stage is as a boy. The boy, you do have the ability to discern right from wrong, right? Mm. But you may not always choose to do the right thing. You may not always choose to go in that, that right direction, but at least you have the ability yeah, to do for yeah, like it. Uh, and, and you're starting to be a little bit more self-sufficient in those choices. But once you become a man, it's not about, um, it's not about w- what you necessarily even want to do. It's about what you do because you know it's your responsibility and your obligation, mm. right? It, it's saying, look, y- look, you have you have to to take your kids to baseball practice. I'm, I'm just using that as an example, right? You may not feel like it, but you got to do it, right? You got to spend that time with them, you, even if even if you're tired. It's 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 been a long day. Look, you've made time for everybody else. You've had all yeah. these meetings. You you've gone out. You lunches, dinners, whatever it may be, webinars, Zoom nowadays. Go take twenty minutes and sit with those children, and 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 listen to them and and. And see what's happening in their world, right? Because they're they're important too, and you got to have that same time, that same time commitment, you know, to them as well. So that was a, you know, that was a book, and and I, and I read that, like I said, around the time, you know, Prince was born. So I guess I read that book maybe about twelve years ago, and, and that really started to, uh, that really really struck me because it's like, look, mm. man, um, you do what you got to do because you're a man. It's, it's, it's whatever. Your job is, is to provide and protect, protect your family and, and to, to make sure that, that they're good. Right. You, you have but that to, gave you this conviction that the buck stops with me in a sense, right? Like yes, I'm, I'm, absolutely. I'm the dude. No one's going to do it for me. That's it. But that conviction didn't scare you. I feel like it scares a lot of people. How do you just say, okay, I'm going to own it now? Because like you said, we're always on this path of growth. So we're never really going to arrive. But at a certain point, you just got to say, I'm going to take responsibility. And I might not do it perfectly, but I'm going to take out the trash, even if I'm going to have a little slip up on the way. I'm going <laughs> to do it. And I'm going to get better next time I do it. And the next time. And that, dude, maybe that's just what the whole life is about. Um, you know how you work out and, you know, maybe you, you, you just, you're just starting to work out and you get on the ground and you do 10 pushups, mm-hmm. like, man, these 10 pushups were a struggle, right? But you, you keep going. And then the next week you do, you do 20 pushups and, and then the next week you do 30 and the next week you do 40 and then you do 50 and all of a sudden you're up to a hundred pushups and you're like, man, you know. I can do a hundred pushups now. And, and you're not even paying attention to, to how you're growing and evolving in those moments. The, mm-hmm. the reality is this. Um, another analogy is, you know, when I got into, into uh, sales and, and I've, I've been entrepreneur for a long time. So when I got into like sales, you know, if you go out and you knock on doors, that's a very uncomfortable thing to do. If you're mm-hmm. making cold calls, that's a very uncomfortable thing to do. But if you do it for a while, right, it starts to become, just a part of who you are. Yeah. A habit, you know, and uh, that's, that's what people have to kind of adjust themselves to uh, in this, in this particular journey. Right. It's like the, the more you do something, this is why I kind of like being uncomfortable uh, in a lot of cases, because I'm like, look, I know on the other side of that uncomfort or that discomfort is going to be some growth, you know, it's going to be some, some progress. And that's, that's my approach. That's been my approach, you know, even, you know, to, to, to fatherhood, look, let me, let me find ways to to keep evolving, you know, with with my children because the things that might seem uncomfortable today, they're going to be very comfortable, 
you know, tomorrow. And then once that becomes comfortable, hey, there, there's something else behind that. So you, you said one word in there, habit. Okay, so some of us go, I'm not a morning person. Let's just use that as, as an example. And it's like, well, yeah, because you've always stayed up late and you've always had a hard time getting up in the morning, which is a habit. You've made a habit of watching four shows before bed or whatever, <laughs> right? Now, right. we are our habits. And so, you you know, everything you said is it's a choice but you got to be the ones that choose your habits. So you've clearly taken time to pause and reflect on who am I, where am I headed, what matters, but then you've adjusted your habits so that then you earn the right for your son to go, Hey dad, you're the greatest leader. It's not because of some big sale you got or some massive, nope. uh, you know, massive moment. It's domino after domino after domino of consistent behavior, which is habits that you've chosen to do which makes it where your son goes, damn dad, you like, I see, I've seen a lot of people in my life. You are consistent with your habits. And so as, as men listen to this, dude, you can become whoever you want, but it's going to be a, from consistent habits. You know why that resonated with me so heavily, Ned? Um, my aspiration has always been you know, I want to, I want it to be my children's hero. Mm. That's, it's like, that was my mission. I'm like, look, I want to be their hero. I want them to say, I want to be like my dad or the dad, Mm -hmm. my dad is the kind of man that I want to be. And when he said that to me, I was like, man, okay, this is, this is, this is going in in the direction. Oh, I now have to maintain that. Right. (laughs) But I'm like, this is going in the direction, you know, that, that I wanted to, because once again, you know, it's not about what I tell him. It's about what I show him because Mm -hmm. what I show him, that is what he is going to uh, replicate uh, in his own life. Yeah. Oh, love it. Okay. So before we, before we ask my last question, I'd love just to take a few minutes for you to share a story just for some inspiration for dudes out there. You said one of the hardest times of life was when you were a single dad. So clearly there's some kind of moment where you're out doing music, traveling, you've got some kids, but then there's this shift and you found, and you, you even made the comment that you have custody of your, your younger kids. So at some point there's some moment where you find yourself as a single dad and choosing, you know, I'm going to be the guy who's going to show up for these kids. So, so maybe share, you know, what you can of that as it relates to inspiring dudes who may find themselves on that path. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be very, um, be very, very candid and transparent without, you know, um, being, uh, you know, negative towards anybody else involved. But I'll say that, you know, there was a point and this was after, you know, I had really uh, stepped away from from much of the the entertainment activity that I was in. And I was really in in the insurance space and uh, at at this point. But, you know, there came a time where, um, you know, I was basically, you know, told, um, look, you know, these boys, they're yours. Come get them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and um this was after, you know, my, my second wife and I uh, had split. And um, I tell you, you know, I, I was faced with a with a choice, you know, at that time, because I still, even though in insurance, once again, you know, I was heavily on, I was on the road, I was traveling, I was, you know, working and, and 
Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Delaware, I'm all, all over the place. And there was a moment where, you know, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to continue, you know, working at that point. Um, I, I'm thankful for the great support system of, you know, uh, my parents and and, uh, and and their mother's parents, you know, my ex-wife's parents uh, as well, you know, for kind of, you know, helping to support that progress. But um, in that time, you know, it was it was a, it was it was rough because it was just us. Right. And I had to to look at these little boys, you know, at the time, understanding that uh, essentially I, I was the only one that they could really rely on, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I knew that because I was the only one that they could really rely on, that I would make sure that they could always rely on me. Right. To, to be there. Um, I, I remember uh, during that time, you know, traveling, you know, traveling, you know, uh, up and down the road and, you know, they would be with, with, with my mom and maybe I had to go and I try to get back, you know, early before they had to go, go to school. So, you know, try to get back at four or five o'clock in the morning to, you know, to get them dressed and, and be there when they woke up, you know, cause mm-hmm. that was always, always important to me. Um, you know, and, and, you know, just, just being in, in that moment where, you know, it, it was, it was, it was just us, you know, and um, I'm thankful for, for, for them too, because they also taught me a lesson about uh, emotional intelligence themselves because children are so resilient. They're so strong and they process things, you know, a lot differently than, than we do. And uh, my sons, I, I know that, it affected them, you know, that one, you know, their mother and I weren't together. Uh, she had, you know, other children. So I had stepchildren that were actually, you know, that I was separated from at the time. I mean, it was a, it was a tough, tough time. And they, they went with their dad who was out in Illinois. And then my boys were here, you know, with me and, you know, I had all kinds of things, you know, go, going through my, my mind um, about, you know, even my capability, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be there with them. But once again, it, it does come back to that choice, you know, because when I look at them, I say, look, and I was even asked, I was like, look, you know, well, you know, you can give up, custody. you know, my ex said, hey, give up custody to to her, to one of their grandparents. I'm like, what are you kidding? I mean, like, mm. that wasn't even a consideration. Like, that wasn't even a thought that that ever mm. even crossed my mind. Right. Yeah. Like, look, my relationship w- with my children and being there for them, it was it was n- it was non negotiable. And I was ready at that moment to make whatever sacrifice or changes that I needed to make in order to do that. Um, you know, I, 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 oddly enough, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful because, you know, going through that, going through that experience really gave me a, a new appreciation for mothers as well. And uh, single mothers and experiences that, that they may have. Yeah, no doubt. You know, huh? Yeah. So, so much kudos to, we talk about fatherhood, but, you know, I got to give a shout out, you know, to those mothers too, um, because a lot of times, you know, they're, they're playing dual, dual roles and, um, you know, not only did I gain that appreciation, but even in, in what I look for in, in my next relationship played into me being a father, because I knew that the next relationship that I was gonna, gonna be in or, or go into had to be centered around that family unit and, and mm-hmm. there had to be a connection you know, with, with, uh, with my children as well. And that's why I was so thankful, you know, for, uh, for, for my wife, for Vani, uh, kind of coming in and just 
merging right in and just being that that nurturing, you know, energy and, and spirit, you know, that we needed um, to, to really kind of make us a, a whole unit again. And, and it's just worked out in such a divine way. You just look, you never know, you know, what, you know, God has planned, right? The only thing that we can do is, you know, we can, we can make the best choices that we can, right? If we mm-hmm. make a, a good choice, you know, we'll have a, uh, we'll have a reward. If we make a bad choice, we'll have a consequence. And, you know, whatever the outcomes are, we can't control what that's going to look like, right? All we have to do is we, we just have the responsibility to, to live, um, to, to experience, you know, our story, fulfill the mission and purpose that we have in this lifetime. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think we, before we started recording, man, peace is the pathway to joy. You know, situations mm, yeah. are going to come up. You know, situations are going to come up, but what's important is how you respond to them. Is it going to be a loss or is it going to be a lesson? Is it going to be something that hurts you and sets you back? Or is it going to be something that moves you forward? And I thank my my sons, you know, for being, you know, a part of my lesson and and, and being uh, really, really catalyst to, to keep me moving forward. Because the reality is the, the, the experience of being a single dad, just being with him, being with them and, uh, you know, even when when we we moved out of our, our place up in up in Maryland and and, and for a time I'm you know I'm at my parents' house and you know we're sleeping together and we're trying to figure everything out and man they they help keep keep me strong you yeah. know so yeah. you know uh, just just watching them I'm like look man I'm 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 here for you guys you know it just it, it just really just further instilled, you know, what was already, already there. I I say that to say, you know, I know that, you know, folks are, you know, have hardships and have hard times. And if you're in, even if you're with, you know, uh, have children with with someone who you're not with and you're trying to juggle that and keep the communication going at the end of the day, it really comes back to, you know, your interaction with your children and and Mm -hmm. how you're establishing and building that relationship with those children. And I'll tell you this, if you want, if you want, to be more active and, and more involved, um, you do have the ability to do so. And it's, and it's not about the Love money it. that you spend. It's about, it's about the time and energy that you put in. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you my final question, but before I do, if there's mm-hmm. a dad who's finding himself young kids, single dad, or just single dad, you, and you've been there where it's like l- late night, early morning, people are telling you it's all right to quit. What is that piece that you would encourage them to say just, one more day, one more day, one more day. What is that piece that you tell them to just really fight for, for that core belief about fatherhood? This is a lesson. This is a lesson to make you stronger. And once again, mm. your, your children are watching how you respond, right? So this is a lesson to make you stronger. And however you respond and how you react, that's how you're teaching them to respond and react to challenges in their Man. life. And I think that is such a killer why, because sometimes I think it may be easy for us to give up on ourselves, but if we realize giving up on ourselves is teaching them to give up on themselves, then all of a sudden that why becomes much more powerful to go, you know, cause it's like to do something for yourself versus to do something for somebody else. You know, like we love this scene. I think I brought this up the past couple of podcasts maybe, but like, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to jump on a grenade for myself, but if I'm right. jumping on a grenade <laughs> to protect people around me, all of a sudden it has such deep meaning. And if That's we could right. look at our families and our children as that battle to be fought, I think that then it gives our life a lot of meaning. Um, Man, Rod, I love talking fatherhood. I love your passion. I love your pursuit of life, your transparency and vulnerability. And and uh, 
My last question is one about legacy. When you think about, you know, 25 years from now, peering into the homes of your children, what is it that you see? And not a financial stance, but what is the, 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 the vibe, the culture you see in their homes and you know, man, that's from me day in, day out showing up? Yeah. You know, I, I see a legacy of legacies, right? Like the, the, mm. the things that we do in our home every, every morning, um, when, when, when the, when we wake up, you know, before the boys, you know, start their school day, you know, we have a, we have a, a, a mantra, kind of an affirmation, mm. you know, that, uh, that, that we repeat, you know, and it's something that I actually got, um, partially from a guy, Jim Quick, right? He, he says, uh, I trust in my ability to learn when he's teaching his memory recall. So, you know, every morning I say to them, look, you know, I, I trust in my ability to learn. I trust in my ability to be successful. I'm smart. I'm strong. I'm divine. I'm attractive. I am successful and I am the bomb. And are you ready for, and I asked them a question, are you ready for a great day? And they say, yes. I say, why? They say, cause I'm a divine being and I'm greatness incarnate. You know, Ooh. so- that's the legacy, you know, that, that I want to to instill in them that they can continue to pass down just a legacy of legacies. That that's what I want to see. Powerful, powerful. I love it. And it's a testament to it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what your job is. If you find yourself on the adventure of fatherhood, it's those things. And it doesn't have to be the thing that Rod's doing. Go make your own thing and then own it. And I just love that you're doing that with your family. Rod, thank you for talking fatherhood with me. Thank you for sharing your life, your stories, your wisdom, the ups, the downs. It's all a victory because you've embraced it and continue to build upon it. And I'm just inspired by your story and, and the man that you are. Just keep loving your spouse and loving your kiddos and just showing up in the world ready to offer all that you have, man. Hey, and thank you, Ned, man. Thank you for what you're doing, you know, with this platform and the book and the message. It's very important, especially in these times. So I want you to know that uh, I appreciate, you know, not only the opportunity to be here and share my story, but I appreciate you sharing your story and uh, all of the, the content messaging that you're putting out with other fathers as well. So thank you. Love it, man. All right. Well, until next time. Ah, don't you love it? Another killer conversation with a dude embracing all that life has to offer, the messiness and all. His roots and wings proverb really stuck out to me, something that I will continue to dig into, and a reminder about habits. We are our habits, you guys. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And as always, please, please, please share this with somebody in need. Share it with a father. Start a conversation between the two of you about one of the most important things. And if you could take a minute and write a review on the podcast, it helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Talk to you next time.